Hi, everybody. It's Rogelio Castillo here. Just want to give a quick note of the podcast. So you can find the whole podcast on our YouTube channel at Tigers Minor League Report. Brandon Day and, of course, Adam Dubbin from BlessYourBoys.com join us. So we talked about Hank Aaron. We went over some of the prospects. And we just talked about the Tigers so far this offseason. So just want to give a quick note. Also, shout out to Adam and Brandon for joining us. It was really a lot of fun. Also, another note I wanted to mention, we talked about Humberto Castellanos, who was signed by Arizona yesterday. This was recorded on Thursday. Enjoy the podcast, and thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And, of course, rate us on iTunes, what have you. Just we enjoying the feedback. We've been getting a lot of feedback lately. And, again, we always appreciate that. And the questions, tigerssrd at gmail.com. And or if you're on social media, follow us on Twitter at Tigers. SRD. Hank, in terms of Hank Aaron, last week he passed away. Like I said, we, Chris and I recorded like a little sound thing as a tribute, but it sucks. I mean, it just seems like Larry King passed away last week. It just seems like all these icons we grew up with are gone. But uh, Hank Aaron, one of the most gorgeous swings you've seen, just it was just a, a good guy. Just his appearances on Letterman were something that. It always threw me off when you're like Hank Aaron's on Letterman, but they have a, it was also on Conan O'Brien too, but just, you know, such an ambassador of the game. And then within yeah. a year of when Al Kaline passed away. So it's just, I don't know. I just feel my age when it, the more of these, the more I see this, the more I'm just like, Oh man. Yeah, for sure. So, so what this last year is going to be a, a marker type year for sure. You know, the way nine 11 was, I mean, it, yeah, it's not just the pandemic and everything that's happened, but yeah, I mean, you had Bob Gibson died, you know, as well. I mean, it was a whole bunch of baseball players, a whole bunch of famous, you know, actors and actresses who and Cecily Tyson, I think just died today. Yeah, yeah. Died yesterday, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you, Betty White. Hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little fun fact about um, Hank Aaron is uh, so um, urban Meyer, former coach of the Gators and Ohio State, played in the Atlanta Braves minor league system at rookie ball for a couple really? of years. I know that. And, at, and, and he um, he wrote a short eulogy on Twitter, um, noting that he, you know, that Hank Aaron was a great guy and he enjoyed, you know, working with him in the organization and that he regrets that his only copy of his signature was on his release letter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so um that's on urban meyer's twitter account if you if you don't believe me over them yeah, yeah there's a lot of good tributes um, tom, you know tom house who got the who retrieved uh the ball you know when he when he broke babe Ruth's record tom house you know very famous pitching coach maybe the, mm-hmm. the father of modern pitching coaching um yeah he had a couple of nice tributes about it too and just kind of talking about, you know, what that experience is like, you know, like watching him deal with like the death threats and just like the absolute just monstrous hatred coming his way. And then like, you know, the other half that was like really trying to be supportive of him. I mean, it, it just seemed like a, a really intense and incredible, you know, thing to be a part of. Um, you know, we're talking about like these, these, you know, kind of crowd act actions of, of various sorts, you know, and, and I had kind of come to the point where I just didn't think you were ever going to see something you know, that was so like where one story is like the thing in the whole, you know, country um, or the world, you know, as much anymore. And and yeah, this last year, we've just had, a you know, we've had a bazillion of them. So, so there it goes. You know, it's not, uh, it's not as decentralized uh, as I might have imagined, you know, two or three or four years ago, it was going to be. Yeah, no, I, you're something about uh, Henry Aaron, but uh, I, I just am, always felt like he was underrated somehow. He absolutely like I, I just, is. Yeah, he, absolutely. He never, is. he never got as much love as as uh, you know Mantle or Willie Mays and Babe Ruth is this great cultural icon and Hank Aaron was just the most consistent, outstanding baseball player ever. Um, I think people always talk about. I think if you took away all his home runs, he'd still have three thousand hits. Yeah, um, all time RBI leader. Yeah. Um, I think he's had the most extra base hits too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. something crazy like that. And, and we had Jensen uh, Murphy on uh, I don't know, like a year ago, and, and he mentioned he was talking about Daryl Evans, forty home runs many years apart, and he mentioned that, uh, Hank Aaron did it. Hank Aaron hit forty four home runs when he was twenty three, and then did it again when he was thirty nine. Yeah, uh, I mean he did and it a couple it, times in between then, but it's just and, it's, and he stole like fifteen, yeah. you know, twenty bases in plenty of seasons. Yeah. You know, like for like a decade, he was a he was a consistent stolen base threat too. Yeah. 240 career stolen bases, 755 home runs, a career 305 hitter. 
just just a remarkable baseball player. And Brandon, you touched on the atmosphere in which he was doing that, where he was getting death threats when he began his career. I mean, he began in the, the Negro League, I believe, uh, very early on. Yeah. Um, and you know, he began his career. There were hotels he couldn't stay in. Like he had to sneak out the back door, stuff like that, at the beginning of his career. And by the end, he's still getting death threats. And and just the uh, yeah, and and what uh, he was always just a remarkably. Um, I don't know, like a calming presence. I don't know how to describe it. Like he never seemed like a guy who, I mean, I was never around him, obviously, but like he just, just, he seemed very um, down to earth and, and. Uh, very even just, keel. Yeah. And, and um, I don't know, just a remarkable. And then, you know, he, he was a civil rights uh, activist in his way. And uh, I don't know, just yeah, one of the greats and it sucks. I mean, he ran a mention of like, I don't know how many, how, we've lost like a dozen Hall of Famers in the last year. Yeah, from you know, Seaver and Kaline, and what did we, Lou Brock died too, didn't he? And yeah, yeah, he did. and Don Sutton. Don Sutton. Yeah, so many. And I, I don't, I don't know if it's just part of like that era, you know, just so many Hall of Famers from that era, and you know, they're all coming to be a certain age. It's going to happen, but uh, yeah, just it's kind of wild. Meanwhile, oh. the Hall of Famers from when we were growing up, uh, well, none of them are in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. did, did we all catch the uh, the boo boo by I believe Passan who uh, got roasted for saying that uh, Hank Aaron ignored uh, the racism around yeah. him? Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was a that was a really bad misstep. Um, but he he seemed to um, make amends quite well. Um, yeah. But There's uh, that thing where they want to you know they want to say like uh, you know he just he handled it and he didn't let it bother him and it's like. Uh, no, <laughs> he didn't let anyone out externally see that because exactly. it didn't help him any. But he was fighting through that shit, you know, every yeah. day. So every yeah, day. Don't, diminish, don't diminish it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what he his comment after he broke Babe Ruth's record was, "I'm just glad it's over." Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> like I, don't know, I guess yeah. we've seen that. We saw that with uh, Roger Maris. Yeah. yeah. As, as a player, you know who I, I these two players aren't exactly comparable comparable but i kind of think of like adrian beltre it's like if if you doubled adrian beltre you'd have hank aaron in terms of a guy who just kept being you know one of the five best players in the game for 20 years you know and and like yeah. maybe you know maybe only rarely was was thought of as the best or or maybe never quite got there but adrian beltre just you know all of a sudden you looked up one day and it was like oh this dude's almost got 500 home runs you know been at yeah. this for 20 years he's, he's he's done all these things yeah he, he was that type of guy until he broke, yeah, until he broke the record. And then it was like, oh. That's a good comp. Um, though, to be honest with you, it's really hard to comp a person who is at the top of the hill. At the best, yeah. Like, you, yeah. Know, like, well, the, you know, that's like Babe Ruth, if you put, you know, three um, Mark McGuire's together. Or so, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, but um, like, you know, Chris was saying, he Hank is underrated, under, unappreciated, um, well, underappreciated. I mean, he's certainly one of, I would say one of the four faces on the Mount Rushmore of baseball, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, he's only won one. Yeah. What blows my mind is he's only won one MVP. One MVP, and that was in 1957 for a year. Oh, I mean, wow. he had 44 home runs and 132 RBIs, and he had 30, 369 total bases. I think he's the all-time leader in, in total bases yeah. with 6,856. But that just that's where you talk about the underrated part of that. One MVP. And, and look, the National League back then was stacked. I'm not you had Willie Mays, you had Orlando Cepeda with St. Louis, you had Luke Brock. I mean, the, the Dodgers had their own Twinsome Towers with uh, Drysdale and Sandy Koufax that could, I mean, that's when Pitt was could win MVPs uh, like that. You know, on St. Louis. Yeah, and you're, you're also in your own team, you are have the shadow of Warren Spahn on you too as well. So, I mean, it's just like, yeah. in uh, what was Les Kane, or what was it, um, the Tigers pitching coach in '68. When you have um, what was that term, Chris? Um, Spawn insane. Yeah, yeah. Pray, pray for rain. rain. Yeah, pray for rain. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah. Yes, I've heard that. Yeah. Johnny Sane, I think his name was. Yeah, he had he invented this like device where they helped uh, Danny McLean and make Lillard get better as pitchers too. So, but anyway, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy to me that he just eight straight seasons of three hundred more total bases. Just yeah. on her, just the model of consistency, and he made the All Star every year until his last season in 1976. I mean, that's just again, and that's that's saying something among your peers just to be out there like like a like a boss like that. And the OPS plus, 
You know what? He only had one season of OPS plus under 100, and that was 1975, the second of last year, 95. What was he, like 45 by then or something? 41. He was 41. Okay, okay. So, yeah, he went back to Milwaukee for his final two seasons in uh, 75 and 76. So, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think that. But moving on to the Tigers and the top 100 list is MLB Pipeline released at tonight, Chris. Is that what it was? They did a whole TV special. I didn't, they didn't do the TV special tonight. They were just, uh, I thought they were doing that. The TV specials in like two weeks for some reason, but they're, uh, they just released the list tonight. You know, 10 at a time. And then they did a final 10 one by one. Uh, I'm yeah, just, yeah. MLB does some weird things. Like they schedule things when oh, I, I don't understand how they schedule their TV schedule. I mean, they sit there and go, Oh, there's nothing on. Let's just not do anything. <laughs> what? Yeah, there was a, the, the Hall of Fame show with no one, no one elected. Yeah. Three, three hours scheduled in the middle of a week, you know, in, in January for no reason. So we get yeah. you know, people complain about Kurt, or well, rightfully so, but Kurt Schilling trying to bail himself out like an idiot. But you know, it's just, but anyway, um, the, the pipeline stuff, I don't want to even get into the Kurt Schilling stuff because it's just, it's a headache. I, honestly, he doesn't really deserve the bandwidth. No, uh, he doesn't. He just really doesn't. No, and he's a uh, he's yeah. Anyway, well, uh, you know my uh, my my standing has always been that uh, there should also be an asshole Hall of Fame. He should make that for, he should be, be a first ballot, and uh, he can be in the baseball Hall of Fame and the asshole Hall of Fame along with uh, I don't know Alec Baldwin. And we can put that in Cleveland, right? Yeah, 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 yeah somewhere I mean, like that. Arguably, you could put Barry in there too, Mr. Bonds. So yeah, Barry, I mean, there's, Barry, there's a lot of. Barry can be in both. I think the I asshole think Hall of Fame doesn't discriminate based on anything. If you're if you're an asshole, you're going in. Yeah. Goose Gossage, sure. John Rocker, anybody. Yeah. I t- I'll take nominations all day long. John Crook. Let's talk about the positive, Chris. Uh, Chris. Yeah, let's. Yeah, but let's talk about maybe I'm a little bit negative. Yeah, let's talk about the future. Let's talk about the future and the. So the pipeline release was yeah. had Spencer Torkelson at number three, Mize at eleven, Riley Green at twenty one, Scooble at twenty four, and Manning at twenty five. Baseball prospectus lists, which is what Chris would call eccentric, and he's correct about that. Spencer Trickleson <laughs> at 13. Well, the use, but yeah. yeah, well, for PG 13 no, purposes. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have Riley Green at number 19, Mize at 26, Manning at 46, and this is the one where I kind of scratched my head about Scooble at 99. Yeah. Uh, Keith yeah. Law's lists. So well, Mize, I guess. <laughs> Mize is, or excuse me, Keith Law's list. Mize at 11, Torque at 18, Manning at 21, Scooble at 22, and Riley Green at 34. So all the lists were very different in some way, shape, or form. But even I think Baseball Americas was even, you know, all five Tigers were within the top 30. But there was a good representation yeah. on Keith Law's list from the AL Central, as the Royals had some names up there as well. But this is the, the mega four, and, and again, list or list, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But it was I mean, can we can we attribute some of this variation to the fact that there wasn't really much of a minor league, you know, season mm-hmm. last year? If any, yeah. like the visibility yeah. of all these players has been minimal. I mean, Mike took a tumble because he went to the bogs, but you know, he's kind of getting, um, you know, uh, negative negative marks for you know simply following the the progress that he was supposed to be following. Um, I, these numbers are crazy. Um, but, you know, I take everything these days, to be honest with you, with a grain of salt, given the limitations that we have in, in the COVID era. Uh, that's my two cents just looking at this, you know, on top. What's interesting, too, is that, you know, and, you know, like Chris and Roger, we've, we've talked about this on podcast before, that there's so much more data now that you would think um, that at some point there, you would see more consensus because, you know, because prospect sites, you know, who are, who don't necessarily have like pro scouts working for them, you know, on every aspect of this and, and seeing, um, seeing players would start, you know, leaning on the data a little bit more and you'd see a little bit more um, homogenous type of lists coming out from people. But, you know, I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to is that, you know, people, you know, there's no, there's no points for getting these things right. Um, everybody has their preferences and, and players that they, you know, that they favor for whatever particular reasons. And yeah, I mean, we've all kind of learned that, you know, it, it's about batches, you know, it's, it's about like these guys are belong in this kind of bucket at the top. And the, this, these 30 guys are all basically together here. 
these 50 guys are together here. And, you know, you can kind of mix it up, you know, how, however people want to. Um, you know, it's more interesting reading the scouting reports and just seeing if anybody's, like, got kind of an outlier take and, and maybe notice something that, you know, hasn't been considered, all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, there's definitely some surprises there for me, though. I, I mean, I personally kind of kind of have Riley Green sort of number one now um, for, for myself. I, I can't help but wondering if Spencer Torkelson isn't getting this high a ranking because he's, you know, listed as a third baseman. Um, you know, I mean, if he's a first baseman, yeah, he's probably still, you know, one of the the three or five best hitters, um, you know, among all prospects. But, you know, the positional value would change things about where, where you would actually kind of rank him. So, I mean, that part of it is kind of interesting to me, too. It's interesting to me that, you know, that, who was it that had Scoople at 99? Was it uh, baseball, baseball perspectives? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if they, if they thought to like take a look at his, you know, his actual metrics this year, because it kind of proved out why the fastball is just absolutely such a monster. You know, the changeup is, is at least average, probably a little better already. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a, a particularly good breaking ball and that's something they're going to have to work on. But um, I thought, you know, at least for him, this season did prove that, you know, that the fastball is going to play. He obviously needs more to to be a really good starter, but there aren't too many guys with a better fastball. You know, there just aren't very many guys among starting candidates that you can say have a better one. Maybe Nate Pearson right now. Um, I'm not sure there's anyone else I'd put above his. Yeah, I really, I, I think that baseball perspectives just did it to be perhaps different. I, I don't really know. I mean, Chris, but what were you going to say? Maybe. Well, I, I think to, to a certain extent, there is a little bit of a homogenization in these. Uh, I didn't say word probably, but whatever. Um, in these lists because a lot of it, most of it is, is is basically just from talking to industry people. I don't think pipeline, they're varying degrees of their own personal opinion. You'll see right. that. Uh, I think you'll see that most in prospectus. That's why you see something strange like Scoobles 99 and they did that for a reason. Like they, like, yeah, we will keep them on the list, but we'll put them here to let you know that we don't think, you know, whatever he does is going to work. Um, yeah. Whereas, People in the industry think, yeah, you look pretty good. Uh, they have their own opinions. That's fine. I mean, these are these lists are just for discussion. Keith Law right. usually puts in a fair amount of his own opinion. Yeah. Pipeline is, is, I don't know if those guys have their opinions at all. I think they basically just base it on what they're told by industry sources. And Baseball America has a little bit of that. So in the three ones where you get a lot of industry, five top 35 prospects. In the one where... They base it a lot of their own opinions. They have three top 35 prospects and two guys, uh, you know, one in the 40s, one in the 90s. So, I don't know. I think uh, it's all fine. And, and you, you know, 10 years from now, we'll look back and go, you guys blew it. You know, the number 81 prospect is clearly the best player in this. It, it just, you know, it, it's they're cool yeah. to talk about and, and fun to argue about. But uh, Y'all remember Rico Brogno? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> first baseman. Yeah, When man. I first... When I first got into prospects in like 2004, 2005, I want to say like every single one of the top 10 prospects on the top busted out. Like it was Andy yeah. Marte and Brandon Wood and Last Village. <laughs> and yeah, just, just so many guys, Jeremy Hermita, all these guys, it didn't work out for one reason or another. And Jeremy Hammonds comes to mind too. Jeremy Hammonds yeah. was on the list. The one list we haven't seen yet uh, is Green Graphs, which is usually pretty interesting and in well. You know, explain which I would appreciate. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's fun, and uh, the the only thing that that always bothers me is when uh, fans don't particularly read up on much of this stuff. We'll just look at it, and, and you know, a player doesn't work out, and and they're like, uh, "What happened? He was Justin Verlander," and you go, "No, because he's number eight doesn't mean he's going to be the eight. You know, I don't know, but yeah, it well, happens. Well, and there's That's a whole side effect. There's a whole subcategory of people who want to be, uh, be, you know, who want to start writing about prospects or are trying to make a name for their site. And so, you know, you put these, these lists come out and then their thing is to, you know, attack these things individually and try to, you know, and try to garner some notoriety of their own, which is perfectly, you know, fair game. But yeah, I mean, I think we all know that, you know, people who get worked up about prospect lists and, you know, and actually get angry um, back and forth as though they were some kind of um, crystal ball of the future, you know, are all kind of being ridiculous. So, or you're, yeah. or, or, or <laughs> complain that your reports are too long and long winded and you shouldn't be doing that. I, I don't know what they're it's crazy about that, but honestly, like to me doing this for prospects live, I've learned quite a bit about just looking at a player and it's all subjective. Like you can look at somebody and go, okay, well, 
based off what I see, I don't, for example, I got in a conversation with prospect Jesus about Nick Gonzalez because he hasn't played a minor league game yet. And I was hesitant to give him a 60 hit tool. He's like, oh, trust me, I've seen him in Cape Cod. I'm like, all right, well, if you see him in Cape Cod, dude, I'm going to trust you more than I can trust myself because all I'm seeing is video and it's a far different experience from in video than in person. But yeah. it's just, it's to me, when you're running up somebody, if you're, if you're talking prospects, it's your opinion. You can back it up. You don't have to argue about it or get into the stupid discussions about how long a report is. Again, that doesn't matter. The point is, is that if you understand it, like even with like, People were complaining that, well, Isaac Prady's is not on this list. Well, there's other, I mean, sorry, folks, he's really high on the Tigers list. And that's fine. But there's other third basemen out there. They, I mean, you can pinpoint to the Mets uh, first round draft pick in 2019, the, the kid out of high school in Texas that's 6'3 and looks like a Brett bruiser. Brady. Yeah, that kid yeah. looks like a bruiser. I, I, I understand that. Looking at our systems. So I, I don't know. It's, I, I crack up when I see the people, the, the, the fans also go, well, it's the future. It's the future. Let the kids play. Let the kids play. Okay. Well, you're going to see that. T- you're going to see it this year with the pirates because they're basically a four, eight team this year. And you're going to let to see quote unquote, the kids play. Then you're yeah. going to complain when they start losing, when they let the kids play or whatever prospects, the Tigers did have it. Oh, three, for example, they lost almost 120 games. Yeah. The so, kids have been playing the past two years. Um, they just, they just aren't the good kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know, and I get, like I said, I've been watching this farm system for since his, since the nineties, like just watching Lynn Henning and doing his reports for Detroit news and Tom Gage, when they talked about the prospects, I had a little highlighter and I it would highlight certain ones that were from the local area when they used to do that in Detroit news. And then just look at the progress. I mean, they were, they're trying to hype me up on Felipe Lira, not happening. They're going to try and hype me up on Juan and Carson being a five to a player. Didn't happen. So it's just like sorting yeah. through the bottle Mia BS of, People's, you know, like the industry telling you this guy's going to be really good. In reality, he's not going to be. Yeah. I, I mean, a good place to start, you know, just for, um, to, you know, like to find some kind of objective path to it is, is just looking at tool grades. Because I do find that more often than not, you know, like the deviation in grades between different sites, you know, will be like a half grade, you know, at, at most. Like most people kind of have a general you know, idea where these, where these guys fit. And if you can kind of start from that point, you know, you're usually on, you know, relatively solid ground, but yeah, it's just all the, you know, it's all the other stuff that can go into it, you know, um, that, that you don't know about. And we've all learned to kind of, you know, you parse the beat, the beat writer speech. Like if someone, you know, if someone writes that someone is working on their defense, that means their defense sucks usually um, <laughs> because everyone is working on your defense, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So it's the best part of my game, so I've got to constantly work on it. You know? Yeah, I know. If you're, if you're even talking about their defense and they're not in a premium position, you know, there, there's a problem probably. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you learn some some tricks to kind of see through, you know, some of the the you know the PR. But um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, you know, look at the tool grades and you know watch some video, have a good time, make your own list out there if you want to. Um, you know, whatever, yell at people on Twitter if it's what you need to get through the day, whatever. <laughs> we have our we have our list coming out soon, I, I think, or at least we're yeah. gonna be. We we took uh, five. Our, <laughs> I will talk about that if the show. But we had five of us. We all made our own list, and we kind of averaged them out to see who we have as the top prospect. We're gonna roll that out soon. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing we're doing that as well. I actually just did mine my top thirty for the Tigers again tonight, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll probably do our thing when we just write all the reports and put them out in reverse order. To see yeah, the defense of who is the you know who the top five are, if you can't that's, if you can't guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, yeah, it's the same yeah, thing. We're, yeah, and it was it was a lot of and it's gonna be a lot of different approaches in prospects live where we're actually running scout reports and I just scoured the Mets and I just did one on uh, a fellow Rogelio Rogelio Armentidos, the Cuban oh. righty who by the mm-hmm. way I did not know was on the waiver wire. And Detroit, the Tigers didn't bother to pick him up. I mean, I know he's a fringe. I, I know he's not like overpowering, what have you, yeah. he's an overpowering pitcher. But that would I wouldn't mind that in the rotation. I didn't know. I was in. I didn't know he was. I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a lot of guys the Tigers have uh, watched float by on the on the waiver the yeah. past years. And uh, you look at the you know the thirty to forty guy you know on the forty man roster and kind of go eh, okay. You know, it's, always, <laughs> it's always good to remember you know when um, you know to to quote um, I don't know probably like Bertrand Russell said this but um, you know if you do not whatever whatever to paraphrase if you do not make a decision you've still made a choice you know. 
free will rush. Yeah. You know, and the Tigers, you know, and the Tigers like to act like a lot of these things just sort of happen, you know, like there's this, this natural progress. Yeah, that guy didn't work out. No, you know, the Tigers made a decision that Kristen Stewart, you know, three years ago was going to be a good major league player. And as a result, they didn't deal him when they could. They, they made a decision there and they were wrong. Um, you know, you never know, maybe things change a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, those are, those are decisions too. And yeah, a lot of times when you see, I mean, especially an organization like this one, you know, they just don't want to be responsible seemingly for as much as they can possibly get away with. And so it's just easy to, you know, to not pick guys up, you know, it's just easy to let things go until there's a, a perfect move staring you in the face. Um, speaking of, speaking of a perfect move staring you in the face, Brandon, uh, The we're watching right here, Tejan or Tejan Walker pitch right now. That's a that's a perfect move, right? I mean, you and I have been on this train since the beginning, and written a couple. I've written two articles on him. Brandon, what do you what do you like about him since he got off Tommy John? It seems like he's he's got this. His curveball has been or slider has been a lot more effective. And I he he was there was an article in Fangraphs last or two weeks ago. Yeah, it was two weeks ago, and explains what he did going up to drive line and just getting analytical. And I think he's a perfect person for Detroit personally. Yeah. I mean, I do too. I mean, he's, you know, he's the guy who you could actually sign on a multi-year deal and have him actually be here when the team is good again. You know, there, there really weren't many guys like that available in free agency that the Tigers, you know, would be willing to target. You know, we, we weren't going to go get real Muto. We weren't going to get Springer probably. So yeah, I mean, to me, he's, he's the perfect fit. And yeah, I, I do think he's done some optimization in terms of like, you know, his pitch usage, like learning, the pitch, you know, with the four seamer more above the zone, use more breaking balls. And he's got a, you know, a fairly nasty splitter when he's, when he's got good feel for it. And with all the seam shifted wake stuff that's going on, um, you know, and the interest in that and the fact that Fetter is someone, Chris Fetter is someone that we all kind of look at as probably among the cutting edge, among pitting, pitching coaches in terms of using the new data to, to kind of work in that paradigm and, and some other things. It, it all kind of makes sense. Like he seems like a guy who, you know, um, Walker seems like a guy who's, you know, pretty smart, um, pretty, you know, pretty dedicated, has come back from for some injuries and learned from when he was younger and maybe, you know, maybe got some bad advice, you know, with Seattle, maybe just didn't, you know, didn't put in the work or, you know, just some kind of combination of that. But he really seems to have changed um, some things around and, and is pitching much better. And I would definitely like to um, like to pick him up and put him in the rotation. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, we probably won't get them because, you know, obviously a lot of other teams are, are looking at them the same way. And those teams are more attractive places to go. Um, you know, everybody knew Drew Smiley had had this velocity bump. These are the kind of things that, you know, the, the top teams try to exploit. Um, oftentimes they're wrong too. You know, I mean, Tyler Chatwood has been like kind of a darling of, of that group the past couple of years where it's like, but the stuff you guys, the stuff is so good. Like, yeah, well, you know, does it doesn't always play. So um, you never know, but yeah, I mean, I think Walker is going to be, reasonably inexpensive and um, we'll probably get snapped up by a smart team and we'll probably pitch pretty well as long as he's healthy. <laughs> My first memory of Taiwan Walker is actually um, JD Martinez hitting a 470 foot <laughs> to uh, to center field on top of the camera. Well, um, some Tigers fans might remember that shot, but uh, yeah, back off the sinker a little bit. And I think he has, I, I think he's, he's turning more four seamer breaking ball splitter now. And uh, yeah, looks like he's in better shape these days as well. Yeah, and there's, in terms of just for for the sake of like just for the, the Tigers, I think just having a guy like Walker gives you a solidified number one, number two. Because if you're looking at what happened today with Jordan um, Yamamoto, Yamamoto, I blanked out his name there for a second. The Tigers you can put a waiver claim on him or try to acquire from a trade once he clears waivers, whatever. How that the, the whole process works. I'm looking at the rotation depth right now, and they're talking about bringing back Norris to the rotation, which I, I know Brandon, Chris, I know you guys have and Adam too. Same thing with like, just, I think he's better off in the bullpen, but I just, that's just me. I, I know they're trying to extend Tyler Alexander again. They need something like, I just, you're not going to sell me on David Martinez and uh, Derek Holland, who also said, who, by the way, I, I think could work in the bullpen, but not as a starter. I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I mean, I think Derek Holland kind of fits into the like, well, if they're going to try Daniel Norris starting, then, okay, now you've got a second lefty to put with Greg Soto. Um, you know, Derek Holland is a former starter. He's obviously used to handling pitchers of both sides, which is more important now because you have the three better minimum rule, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, I would like to see Daniel Norris start. It's just that, you know, 
this is this is the last year. You know, um, it feels a little bit too late as far as the Tigers' purposes for him, um, because you know, unless they're going to extend him right now, and we all know that the Tigers don't extend anyone, they just let things run out and then go, oh, well, we didn't get very much for him. Sorry, <laughs> and um, so. So they probably need to just optimize them in the bullpen, you know, let it, let it rip and, um, and see what happens in July and see if we can get something, you know, good for him. Uh, he, he should, you know, he's probably a pretty attractive pitcher to a lot of, a lot of progressive teams. You know, he's got the high spin fastball. He's a hard throwing lefty. He's never had an arm injury really, which um, is kind of funny to contemplate considering how many injuries and, and the cancer scare and everything else. His arm's been rock solid, which is why I've always been betting on him to come back and get the velocity back. So uh, I'd, yeah, I'd like to see them Andrew Miller him if, if possible, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what they did, you know, last year. Like they were letting him go two innings, you know, sometimes three. And yeah, I mean, I think that's probably that's probably the way to go. You know, maybe he can make a spot start here or there. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, if they're going to start someone, I'd rather they try Daniel than, than Tyler Alexander again. I don't think that's going to go well. But um, yeah, we just don't seem to have the need, you know, pick up another starter somewhere. Let Urena kind of Urania mix mix his way in there. And um, yeah, hopefully, you know, Boyd and Fulmer do well, but you know, it's just weird. I mean, again, like to go back to the other thing about not making decisions, being decisions, you know, they're just kind of deciding like, well, okay, we're going to pay Matt Boyd $6.5 million and we're going to assume Michael Fulmer starts. And those are, you know, fairly wild assumptions based on what's happened um, with both of them the past two seasons. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I like both of them very much. I wish them all the best in the world. Um, I think Matt Boyd had some issues as far as like the separation in arm slot between his slider and, and four seamer that was that particularly killed him last year. But, you know, even if he sorts some of those things out, you know, he's, he's probably an average starter um, at best. So I don't know how valuable that's going to be once they've burnt another year and then, you know, go try to trade him, you know, a year from July. Uh, we're probably not going to do real well there, but yeah, you know, the Tigers, Tigers are bad at this. Um, they're bad at a lot of, a lot of the small team building things that, that go into getting good. And, you know, there hasn't really been any sign of that, that changing. Um, it's, it's, you know, just by the grace of God that they've drafted pretty well at the top of the draft, at least um, to have them in as good a position as they're even in. Well, even taking flyers, no, but taking flyers on guys. I mean, even yeah. I would say Dave Dabrowski, Randy Smith, they took flyers on players. Like you, you talk about, uh, was it Jer- uh, Jeffrey Marte was just a wire pickup they picked up and he ended up being productive. Um, for him. Well, I mean, we can talk about, uh, who's this? Oh, this is Erasmo Ramirez who was signed on a minor league contract. Um, yeah. I, looked at, I looked at his um, stat cast and there are some interesting things that, that are, you know, you know, he's got a really a decent um, fastball spin, 78 rated in the 2008 um, percentile. Unfortunately, he is, his sample size in the last couple of years is really low, really small, and it's hard to really deduct anything. Uh, but, you know, he's got five pitches, you know, um, total that, you know, may, he's got a little bit of success. He's actually got you know he's been pitching since 2015 um he may be somebody to sort of watch out for in mm-hmm. spring training uh who could emerge as somebody as as an option um given that you know we're really picking at the bone here um you know yeah it would surprise me a, a bit if he you know is kind of in you know sort of a sixth inning you know type type role for a lot of the year kind of the way they used to use you know buck farmer before he got better um yeah i would expect to see Erasmo in there because, you know, we all know what's going to happen this spring. You know, there's going to be three or four minimum pitchers hurt and you're going to, you're going to need guys like that. So yeah, picking up, snapping up some of these guys makes sense. And I assume, you know, when they can put, um, you know, Fayetto on the 60 day and, and who else, somebody else has to go on the 60 day. I can't remember. You know, there's gonna be, yeah. So there's going to be a little bit of room, you know, to kind of add, you know, a couple of those like veteran starter types who don't get a job and try to use them in the bullpen or stash them at Toledo. Uh, everybody will, will be picking up a couple guys like that. I'm sure. Yeah. And I don't, uh, I don't dislike Ramirez. So we had a question. So yeah, you never know. We did get a question about this gentleman right here in uh, Herberto Castellanos, who was just released by Houston and hear him pitching last year, in the Mexican winter league. And <clears throat> this is an arm too, that I, I like, and I think that if the Tigers would take a chance on him, I wouldn't mind this at all. 
Uh, do you guys know anything about Cassianos and what he could bring? Offering, it, it looks like he I think it was a, throws a two-seamer. Um, yeah, I, I don't know too much beyond what I see here on his um, baseball savant page. The one thing that kind of stands out to me that's kind of weird is there's almost no separation between his fastball and his slider. Um, his slider tops out is average at 90. I mean, his fastball is at 90. His slider is at 87. Um, and if you look at the overlap on the page, um, there's not, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of, of distancing there. Though he's got a, a, a change up uh, that gives a nice little um, change of pace. It's actually lower than league average. Um, and he throws strikes is the other thing that sort of um, uh, struck out to me. That, that, you know, you look at his um, his heat maps, and he's putting the ball there, you know, n- mostly not in the middle. His curveball, he does sort of loft there. Um, but he's pretty good at hitting the edges, be it the, the top edges or the outside edges from uh, the pitcher, I mean, the batter. Um, so, um, you know, just on the surface, what I can see there, I would be interested in taking a flyer on him and seeing, you know, what Federer could do with him. Yeah, I like. Uh, I mean, I like Yamamoto better, um, just because I think Yamamoto has has the best pitch between the two of them in Yamamoto's uh, breaking ball. I think that that's that's a legit out pitch. Um, both of them are, you know, basically ninety mile an hour type guys. Not your prototypical hard throwing reliever. Um, both of them command the ball pretty well. I think most of the time. Um, I would. I mean, hell, I don't mind picking up both of them. Like, I'm thinking about like who is going to be in the bullpen at, at Toledo this year. <laughs> so yeah, feel. Please feel free to go get both of them for us. Bud. That that would be fine. Um, you know, probably neither one of them is going to have a big impact, but both of them are usable. Um, they're both young enough to to improve a little bit, and you know, we're we're all betting on Chris Fetter right now. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the big the big get this offseason has been AJ Hinch and, and Chris Fetter, and so if you can give them anything interesting to work with, I'm I'm all here for it. So, yeah, I'd be fine with either one. I would prefer Yamamoto of the two. Chris, what about you? You know, I'm with Brandon. I, I kind of like the idea. I mean, if they're out there, go get them both. They're both under 25. I mean, this is the sort of yeah. stuff we were talking about where you're not turning the roster enough to, to get, uh, you know, just cycling through some of these guys. It, it, it took them, what, four or five years uh, to finally let Anthony Castro go. Or they let him go and brought him back. And, and just, uh, I don't know, it, it seems like they, they are more wary of losing a guy and having him succeed elsewhere than they are of, judging a guy to not be very good by trying somebody else. Um, and, but yeah, and I mean, I, I, a lot of times they don't try anything with those guys, you know, when they're in our yeah. system, like you don't see much change and then, yeah. And you know, they hang on to them, you know, longer than they need to. And then they're gone. And then some other teams just like, Oh yeah, there's nothing there. <laughs> and, I mean, teams just need innings. They're going to need innings this year. That's the thing I, I've been talking yeah. about for a while. Like they're going to need innings. They only threw like 60 at most last year. Yeah. Uh, so if you can get any bodies to throw some some pitches, that's fine with me. Has anybody heard from Anthony Goes lately? Huh. He's, He's probably there. fishing. Well, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, He's still talk- throwing hard. I know that. Yeah. yeah. I think he's still thrown somewhere. Texas? He was, uh, he was in the Dominican Winter League. He was throwing yeah. there uh, for a while. Yeah. So, but, I mean, uh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, that I, I was just saying, you know, we look – the Tigers, you know, I wrote up the, the – they're adding Wilson Ramos. We haven't heard about the corresponding move to the 40-man yet. I don't yeah. think, no, uh, but there are like legitimately like eight options they could remove. I, I think they might go with Schreiber. That's my guess just because he's a reliever and, uh, but, yeah, I mean, they've got a, so many guys that they could legitimately yeah. drop. And if they lose them, it's not a big deal. And most of them, they probably wouldn't lose. So they could add these guys and, and not really, you know, get hurt by it. But I don't know. I mean, we, we may see small deals made for both of these guys. That's seems to be what happens every time. Like, Hey, somebody's on waivers. Let's go get them. And it turns out like, Oh, they traded, bonus pool money for him <laughs> right yeah yeah yamamoto would have okay. best okay, i'm gonna take a quick break i'll be right back uh, yeah yamamoto by the way would have the second best k rate among the starters in 2020 it's <laughs> <'Cause> this, <laughs> this not a high bar but no yeah. I, I know <laughs> among the starters you're right it was a high bar to go with but still i think with him i think it's coming off injury 2020 is such a weird weird season in the sense that just you don't really know. You didn't really have an idea. That was weird. What? I, I looked up. It was uh, sorry. I looked up. I didn't mean to interrupt. I apologize. Oh, I okay. looked up. Brandon left. I looked up, and Adam was in Brandon's window too. And I'm like, "Whoa, here's her. Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but it's. I mean, yeah, Moto. There's, there's some, there's something there. I mean, again, but his fastball velocity dropped, so you have to be mm-hmm. concerned whether he's just come back from injury. 
And but the Marlins system is so stacked. I mean, they have they have Cabrera, Edwin Cabrera, Edward Cabrera, who's going to come up at some point. They have starter depth for days, and so I, I think that what's going to happen here with the Marlins is that I mean their entire rotation I think is under twenty five and under. I think they have one starter that might be might be turning twenty six. That's that's pretty good. So, well, I, you know. I, I think this is also indicative of how slow the Tigers' rebuild process has been. Where we're talking about a team like the Marlins that is getting rid of players that we're like, hmm, he'd be a good addition for us. Like that's the Marlins are ahead of the Tigers to rebuild at this point, and they have, like you said, their, their system is, is pretty stacked now. They got Meyer and they got Sanchez and they got Cabrera, and that's you know not Sanchez is the only one who's been up to the majors, I think. Um, yes, so yeah, yeah. And they with JJ Bay, and then they they another hitter. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, when the Florida teams make you look bad, it's time to feel bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a whole. Well, as a poor, you know, I'm down here looking yeah. at it, from, you know, upwards at you. Um, yeah, it's difficult. But, you know, I, I personally, I have a lot of faith, I think, in at least A.J. Hinch. Um, I think that he, like, there's something about him that, I don't know, I think maybe this guy, like, kind of has his head on his shoulders and not up his rectum. And, you know, maybe we can just kind of give him a year or two and, you know, just see where this all shakes out. Like I'm willing to do that with him much more than say Brad Osmus, right. Mm -hmm. Or Ron garden hire. Um, so that is you know, a step in the right direction. One thing I wanted to, um, actually I'll save it when, when we talk, we're going to talk about, we'll, we'll talk about, um, the, uh, hang on. <clears throat> Yeah, so we're, are we going to mention um, the Wilson Ramos a little bit more? Um, because uh, I had Tiger yeah. Lifer, y'all, Keenan, our yeah. friend, um, tweeted a really good tweet that kind of put things in perspective about his signing, right? And I'm, I feel mm -hmm. like both of you have seen this, right? So yeah. how do I feel about Wilson Ramos? Well, the Tigers team wore at catcher for 2020 was negative 05. Uh, um, 2019 negative 2.1, uh, 2018 negative 0 0.7. Uh, whereas Ramos did 0 0.3 last year, 2.2 the year before, and 2.5 the year prior. Um, so, and they, and the, the tagline here is, I'd say it's an upgrade and costs very little to do so. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that's, I think that's a really good perspective, um, for that particular move. And, and we're going to kind of have to adapt to that perspective. For the next couple of years, because I don't know if they're at least before the CBA, I don't really feel like the Tigers are going to go out and spend a whole lot of money and sign long contracts. Mm -hmm. um, it, and honestly, if, you know, if I were running a, a, um, a team, I might kind of hold out too as an owner um, just to see how everything pans out because things are pretty crazy. That said, I am no team apologist at all, and I'd like to see them at least go out and sign at least one marquee player that can be a cornerstone for both this year and, you know, maybe a year or two down the road. Um, but, you know. Robbie Grossman. I guess Robbie's the guy, huh? Tiger. Um, I mean, he walks. He makes, you yeah. know, he, yeah. um, there, there are things he does well that the Tigers. And he doesn't do. strike out, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. strike out. He makes contact. He walks. Um, yeah, but, uh, not a lot of power. <laughs> um, you know, his best year wasn't even really that great. But he can play passable defense. He's not Kristen Stewart. Um, so, you know, like, I, I don't hate the Robbie Grossman signing, but, you know, can we please get at least a tier or two higher, you know, like, yeah. Cause I know Patrick O'Kennedy who works for you guys uh, always talks about the Tigers have payroll and they deducted and they have, they've slashed payroll quite a bit, but the uncertainty of what's going on with COVID and tickets, I, I get that to, to a point, to a point, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I think signing a player who can, Especially for me, it's it's a if you're gonna sign CJ Crone to go at first base or or so whomever they need a first baseman badly and they haven't they haven't talked about it, which means to me at least I can speculate that they're gonna sign somebody but the, the rotation I think that if the Tigers can get a pitcher who can give them at least a one two WAR the starter it makes them competitive in a division all oh, okay there's my uh, Tiger uh -huh. <laughs> come here come here like most Tigers, <laughs> wants to get away. It's <laughs> <laughs> just make them competitive. I mean, the Royals have spent quite a bit of money, or not quite a bit, but they've spent some money this offseason to make themselves a part of it. And, I mean, to me, if the Royals are spending money, then – oh, no, no, you guys switch spots now. If the Royals uh, – really? 
if the world is spending money, then we have a problem. So, and that's where it's kind of like, you know, it, that's, that's, I don't know. The, the Royals are staying competitive, at least. The White Sox are doing this. I mean, like the White Sox, about they spend money, but they would have seen, and I saw James Fox, a friend of the show, say that they would have spent the same money on Alex Colon. So on um, Hendricks. So there you go. Yeah. But the White Sox also have a farm system of talent, but they, I don't know. I think their starting pitcher might be, I still think the White Sox should need another starter, but that's just me. Uh, so but are they, is Tony Russo still going to actually coach that team or yeah. what? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. What the, oh. Well, well earned on that one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they, they're all about it. Uncle Jerry's got his got his guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my favorite yeah. drops. There, the Jeff Goldblum, you crazy son of a bitch, and that's with Jerry Ryan's <laughs> being. Yeah. But uh, no, but at any rate, you know, it's just it's as we're ready to the podcast. Look, I, Adam, I just think that one more signing, one more, like Brandon, you missed this, just one more signing of significance, I think, makes Detroit a little bit more competitive this year. I mean, if you're gonna this. The future is now great. I mean, I'm I'm excited for seeing Spencer Torkelson at West Michigan, which is awesome. It's going to be close by, but until then, I mean, it, it, I I want to see a competitive team on the field. I mean, the Tigers were fun to watch this year. 2020, they're actually fun to watch. Yeah, all the, all the injuries set in, yeah. so that was exciting, and you could yeah. see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we kind of we, you know we had a bullpen for a while. This was up. It was like, what the hell is happening? This is amazing. Yeah. Um, was is it just me, or is it every season has this little stretch where oh, yeah. the Tigers are fun, you know? And it's usually yeah. at the beginning, the first couple of months, yeah. where somehow actually winning because they have less rust. I don't how, know how we do it, but and then you know that even when we were good, it seems <laughs> like we always you know it's like oh, it's just you know down the stretch, um, it was always just brutal on us. Um, I'm hoping that we have a team now that can actually like keep, keep going, you know, keep that fun going. Um, because the dog days really are the dog days when the team sucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, but, I, love, I love Ray McConnell, by the way, Ray McConnell is such a good, good fan. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, is, Ray is a great guy and he's totally right. They, they should, uh, they should thank him. Um, I don't know about Garcia being the closer just yet. I kind of like to see a little, little bit more. The stuff is, is kind of, it's still kind of light um, for a closer in in my book. Although, if you're the, you know, I mean, if you ascribe to the idea that the closer shouldn't be your best reliever um, and should just be someone who's like solid and will rarely give up more than one run at a time, um, mm-hmm. kind of the Todd Jones philosophy of, of closing, um, you know, Brian Garcia makes sense there. Yeah, I mean, I think overall the organization is going to be a lot more fun to watch, but I'm going to say the organization. Um, I don't know how fun the Tigers are going to be specifically. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll just like, I might as well just preview an article I'm guaranteed to have to write in about three weeks. And it's going to be, you know, the Tigers don't believe what they're selling you, you know, um, you know, they'd like to tell you, okay, we've got, you know, it's kind of go time now we're starting to compete, you know, we, uh, you're not really compete, but you know, we're starting to put the pieces together. You know, we've got new manager, we've got the new pitching coach, you know, they picked up Robbie Grossman, which was a, an inexpensive deal that I actually liked. Um, you know, I think, um, Irena has like some potential maybe to, um, to recapture his stuff and be a solid starting pitcher for him. But, you know, if the Tigers are trying to, you know, trying to tell you that like, oh, you know, it's go time. Well, they don't, they don't believe it. You know, if, um, if the Tigers picked up, you know, another good player and then sort of filled in the holes, you could believe what they're selling, which is that, you know, there's, there's the outside chance that, you know, the young pitchers, you know, do well. And that Willie Castro is, you know, some modicum between what we think he is and what he, what he did last year. And is actually like a pretty good player. Like you could, you could believe that they believe those things if they gave themselves a chance to be like a 500 team. Um, and you know, there just doesn't seem to be any sign that they actually believe that or that they're going to, um, you know, to invest the way you would, if you thought like you had a, an outside chance, you know, like some chance where if everything kind of broke your way, you know, Miggy stays healthy and, you know, Casey Mize and Tark Scooble are good and Torkelson gets here by the end of the year and Isaac Frades, um, you know, actually starts hitting for power. You know, if, if those things all happened and they picked up another good player and, you know, filled in the, the, the gaps, you know, for base or whatever else, 
um, that you could go, you know, that you could go to, out to the stadium in July and think like, eh, you know, they might be kind of fun down the stretch. You know, they're not, you know, they might like be sniffing at one of these, you know, expanded roster or expanded playoffs, wildcard spots. Um, but I, you know, but I just don't think that they're going to to do enough to to remotely convince anyone that they actually believe that those things are possible or that they're, you know, close enough to where, you know, making another acquisition that was notable um, would, would get you in the ballpark where, you know, think in a perfect scenario, you could win 82 to 85 games. Um, that's a, that's a long climb. Um, you know, I like Jamer, you know, they've got some pieces, maybe Jacoby Jones stays healthy and is a two to three war player. Um, maybe, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, you know, and Victor Reyes, you know, maybe he's, you know, a, a solid average, you know, outfielder, maybe Robbie Grossman, you know, keeps that power stroke going, you know, there's, there's lots of maybes there, but the Tigers don't really believe in those maybes. They're just going to sell you, um, sell you tickets based on them and, and not, um, not put their money where their mouth is. And I think that's pretty clear already. Especially on yeah. the back. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, that you know, offense is fun. And the Tigers, when we were fun in 2020, when I, what I remember was when we were actually like scoring runs. And sure, yeah. there were like double digits on both sides of the ball. Um, but that's still fun baseball, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that the Wilson Ramos um, signing actually kind of signals that they're moving, hopefully maybe signaling toward the move, that they're moving towards a little bit more offense, um, hoping to get the ball and play a little bit more and present a better brand of baseball than what we've seen. Because to be honest with you, the worst part of it for me is just seeing like the team go out and just just flail at the plate constantly. And, yeah. you know, and you see, and, and you see like them strike out on terrible pitches, them just getting owned on sequencing, um, you know, just, you know, all the things you just, you see happening in front of you is not fun to watch. Um, so if we can get some dingers in there, get some balls and play in there a little bit more, it may be a little easier to to swallow a pitching staff that's not perfectly average, but, you know, out there that they can eat innings. Um, you know, if we remember the, the glory days of, of uh, Tigers pitching or Tigers in general, we had the starting pitching. We had that terrible bullpen, but we could score a ton of runs. It was always fun, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. If the, if the Tigers can show me that they're going to solve that, that run scoring issue, I will be more likely to tune in to a, a nine, eight loss than I will a five, nothing loss. Right. Um, it's also good for your young pitchers, right? Like you don't have to throw a shutout, you know, you, you don't have like average to mediocre starting pitchers who go out there. And as soon as they give up two runs, you're like, well, you know, the game is kind of lost and they're under all this pressure. Cause if they let up one or two more runs, it's over. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. 60s baseball again, you know, or if you got two, if you scratch off one or two, you're fine. No, it's just, it, to me, I, I still think that like the reason why I wanted to emphasize the pitching aspect of it all is that, the ti- I've watched I watched this team struggle when I mean when the Tigers have been bad. I mean, when you talk about the 1996 Tigers, which has one of the worst ERAs I think of all time. I I can't I can't tolerate when I just can't deal with it because just seeing somebody out there going like for example, I'm thinking of the rotation. Sean Bergman goes out there and allows nine runs in three innings. It's the, the offense is already crushed. But if you have a pitcher out there that gives you seven innings. I mean, we only saw this one seventh inning last year. I think one, I mean, I know the innings were all strange, but one, Spencer Turbo went six innings twice, and that was it. And to yeah. me, that just, I much, Adam, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. I'd rather have a pitcher go out there, give them seven innings, and then lose. If they lose, it's 3 2 versus 13 to 3 in the bullpen's tax. Cause that's all, it's just like, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a series of, do, it's a domino effect. Starters get taxed, the bullpen gets taxed, and the starter, the, the offense is like, pfft the hell we're going to do we're going to be down 10-1 before you know or whatever the case may be i just think that the, the tigers need i'm just surprised they haven't thrown spaghetti on the wall to see if they're going to get on the starting pitching side like i know brett anderson sounds like a dumb idea to some people but it's something and in this idea that the tigers shouldn't spend so what the kids play so you're gonna let franklin perez go out there and get shelled because he's not ready i mean come on yeah, people, people, I, I swear, think that, you know, if they don't spend that Chris Illich puts that money under his pillow for next year, you know, and it's just, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Like, feel free to spend, you know, I mean, obviously, we, it's not a great time to get into, you know, a long term deal, especially with a pitcher. 
um, of any sort, you know, for, for big money. I think we're all, we're all fine with that. You know, there's no expectation among the fan base that they're going to go sign, you know, a bunch of stars, but, you know, we think of like, um, to kind of maybe bridge the, the gap between, you know, both those perspectives, you know, we think of like those, um, the twins teams of say like, you know, 2014 to 2018, before they, they really started putting it together with the new front office, you know, those were teams that seemed to, to be like 500 teams every year. They were, you know, they were solid in terms of pitching, but, but never really good, never really had anybody particularly good. Um, and the same thing on offense, but when those things come together in games, you know, you can win a lot of games if you're sequencing, you know, between run scoring and run prevention lines up and like, just to get them to the point, you know, get the tigers to the point where, you know, things could possibly break rate um, for them some year, you know, is all we're kind of asking for right now is just to, to take that step to where there's some, you know, some tangible progress and you could start to see, how to build the team to to being a legit contender rather than it, you know, just being like looking out at the field, like, well, we need like seven guys there on the, on the, you know, on the lineup side. And then we need like four starters and then we need four relievers, you know, like start, you know, start and put something together here for God's sakes. It's been, uh, you know, it's been four years of rebuilding, but, um, but, you know, I mean, we've been the worst team in baseball basically since um, 2014. You know, this is a long, this has been a long road of suckitude. It has. I uh, just to add a little bit to that, uh, to that, you know, coming from actually, you know, I'm a defensive minded person and a pitching person as well. But the reason I think that I uh, vouch for the offense is, you know, you, you know, in football, you can always get a pick six. Right. And you can score with defense, but you can't really score with defense in baseball. Can't really score with defense in water polo. Can't really score with defense in a lot of sports. So having that offense, you know, if you do get down early, you know, it was kind of mentioned, you know, it helps the pitcher to know that, hey, I got these guys on the bench who can go out there and, you know, slug it out and get me back in this. Um, I think that's why I'm putting more of a premium on it these days, um, because we don't have, you know, this isn't Verlander, Scherzer, Porcello. Mr. You know, we're not going to see something like that in the near future. Um, so, you know, yeah. we, we're going to need some bats. We're going to need some days where the, you know, you know, the offense is able to bail them out. And if we're going to be a, a better than 500 team, that's got to be, that, that's got to be part of the equation. Ray, yeah. Ray with the comment, yeah. that night, he's absolutely right. The AL center is going to be tough for a long time. And the white Sox are getting better. The, uh, the twins are just the Royal the twins signed uh, Simmons yesterday. Um, Simmons, right? They, one yeah. year, yeah. So they signed. They have a really good farm system. And Ray, Ray is absolutely right. And the, and the, for the Tigers to be competitive, just to make themselves competitive. Again, I'm excited for the farm system, and this might sound like a Debbie Downer statement, but fine. And then people are going to say I'm a cynical asshole. Whatever, fine. All that talent is great, but there's one thing about that that is also strikingly alarming. It's all pitchers. It's one positional player. The day the Tigers can get two or three positional players in the top 100 would be phenomenal. That's right there is player development growing right now because, I mean, or, I'm sorry, special Torkelson too. Sorry, I'm sorry. But still, or somebody that's not in the first round. Right. That's that's it is yeah. to find those those second, third, fourth, fifth round guys like once in a while who just become average players. Like we just don't we just don't do that. You know, is I don't even know if I believe Isaac Paredes is, is that guy. I'm not not. Yeah real convinced that, that, that he is, um, but he'd be the next best bet along with, you know, however you want to order it, Dingler, you know, Daniel Carrera, yeah. et cetera. But, One of the guys. Yeah. I mean, this is the year when Bryant Packard, you know, fulfills all the promise and just breaks. Parker Meadows. And everybody on Twitter, who yells at me when I'm kind of like, eh, Bryant Packard, whatever. They're, yeah, they're making, they can all come for me then. Shout out to Trevor yeah. Ruth out there. If you're watching. Yeah. Love you, Trevor. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not alone, though. There's a lot. There's a lot. You know. There's a lot of stands for uh, for Bryant Packard out there, and that's that's fine. It's nice to have someone that you know people care about outside of the top yeah. ten. Um, I you know I like that part of it, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I agree with emphasizing the the offense mostly because that was that's that was more where the bargains were. I thought, like you know, I would I would have really liked to get Tommy Lastella, um, you know, for what the the Giants paid him or, or a little bit more. And have him, you know, kind of playing second base and moving around a little bit and, you know, basically just play against right-handers. Um, you know, that's what you do when you're a broke-ass team trying to put together an offense. You you platoon, um, you know, you get a cheap guys, you know, you try to pull off some kind of, you know, Matt Joyce with a with a Ryan Rayburn, you know, type 
type combo player, you know, that, that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's the ideal on that paradigm. So, and we didn't, we haven't really done any of that. So I'd love to have a Ryan Rayburn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's why I keep thinking about Taiwan Walker is just cause he's like the one like good player that I would actually, you know, sign for a couple years right right now. Um, you know, as far as what's left on the offensive side of the ball, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's not great. Like I I'd be happy right now if we if we just picked up like Travis Shaw I'd be like well all right at least he can play around the infield a little bit there's your slugging first baseman you know maybe you get crone too um probably it sounds like maybe he's probably going to play a day or two a week at first base again so you you could put him at first base and have Shaw you know move off of it when Miggy's at first whatever but um, third when you know because Candelario has that back injury, so it's always have a, a nice backup third baseman besides Paredes as well. If you're going to go with a veteran bat, and I, you know, if, if to me it just they have to well, one more bat would be nice. Yeah, well, and then there's the yeah. the, the Badu situation, like you know, oh, yeah, about trade trade for this man, please, and let him play at AAA. Like, don't you know, don't just waste this roster spot when you could get you know some kind of outfielder who you know maybe hits left handers or something, and you kind of pair him with Grossman a little bit or, you know, or whatever. Maybe that's just Daz. Maybe just to get Daz, you know, enough, enough ABs to kind of see what you've got there, uh, whatever it takes. But, yeah, you know, don't, don't you know. I mean, I'm perfectly happy with the pickup. Like, Babu seems like a, a worthy guy to grab in the Rule 5 draft. But um, but to do the thing that they did with Reyes where you just, you know, make him sit the bench for a whole year when he probably should, you know, by rights be at double A maybe and not even triple A. Um, I just, uh, I just don't see, I just don't see why they, why they do these things sometimes. Well, it certainly doesn't inspire much confidence for the season. Right. So they're basically like, yeah. we're going to waste a roster space for yeah. the future. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's clearly what that statement is. So, all right, 26 roster space, well, 25 will work. Yeah. And we're just going to put this aside. Yeah, right. We use 25 forever. Now we have 26. That's yeah. On how you can use your pitchers because we added, you know, so it's, it's still a net negative. um, Even when you look at it that way. Yeah. 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 I I, I still think they're going to sign one more bat. I don't know if it's a first baseman like Crone, like Brandon was saying, or a second baseman. Like, I don't know. Jonathan VR is still out there. We're talking about Colton Wong. I don't do that. Colton Wong. Yeah. Maybe a Brad Miller. Guy, you can move around. Um, something like something like that. Some random middle yeah. infielder who uh, is just going to take one and a half million dollars or three million dollars or something like that. They're going to go. Yeah, get Pete Alonso somehow. I would love to have Pete Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, well, that that comes to I know you know the other side of it, which we don't have to get too deep into, but it's just like you know if this team doesn't make trades, and you know I, I know I have a broken record about this, but teams that don't make trades are scared of their own evaluations. Like they don't mm-hmm. trust their own evaluations versus the team that they might be trading with. And, you know, until that changes, you know, I, I'm just never going to believe in Alavila. Um, you know, really, um, you know, and again, you know, the, another part of this season that'll be fun is like you guys have said, we didn't see most of the minor leaguers, you know, for a whole year. Um, there may be some big surprises, you know, we've heard, you know, Matt Manning's arm slot has changed a little bit. He's altered his curveballs a little bit. You know, there, there's some little like details out there. You know, Jake Rogers, you know, has been in touch with Doug Lotta now working on his swing for a whole year. Maybe he'll surprise us and, you know, and hit 240 um, with power rather than, you know, 190. I want him to succeed so much, but me too. I like him, but yeah. The Tigers need some good news there. Period, and if they can get that, great. They'll, they'll get some good news this year. We didn't expect Gregory Soto to suddenly throw strikes last year, or Willie Castro to hit like three fifty or whatever. I mean, something good will happen this year. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and we didn't get to see. You know, these guys didn't really get to work with um, Dan Hubbs or or Kenny yeah. Graham, and they hired a new you know hitting instructor for the minor leagues um, with with driveline. Yeah, I mean, they got him, and obviously they're going to be working with, you know, Fetter and Yavis and um, Papa Coolball. And, um, you know, th- so some of that stuff could could pay more dividends than we expect. But, um, but yeah, again, that kind of goes to my, like, okay, well, if the Tigers believe that, they would um, they would go get us a good offensive player and sign Taiwan Walker and, um, you know, give us a reason to go buy tickets there rather than, like, nah, I'd rather just go to West Michigan yeah. and Toledo. I'd submit that maybe they're waiting to see if their own decisions on all those names that you just dropped <laughs> off before they start putting their confidence in them. Yeah. Uh, 
I, obviously, I'm being I'm being very um, devil's advocate here. I want to believe the team wants to get better. You know, um, we're just not seeing enough yet, though. Uh, but maybe if you look, if you squint hard enough, you know, and if the light is just right, they kind of <laughs> kind of see it. Uh-huh. Well, I'll say this before we end the podcast. I think what's going to happen is the next three or four days we'll see the signing. I, whether it's a minor one or a major one, I think the free agent market. I mean, I think by the end of the weekend, maybe Bauer will sign with New York, wherever the case may be. Um, and I, I really think that there's going to be some sort of the Tigers going to do something. I think that whether it's Shaw or they bring back Crow. I mean, I know on Twitter his profile also says he plays for the Tigers, which doesn't mean anything at the grand scheme of things. But I mean, they could bring in Scope and, and Crone right now, and I'd be like. Cool. All right. That's yeah. pretty good. I'm fine with that. <laughs> let's let's see what happens. Yeah. For me, that's par for the course. They bring them back. We we're yep. at even zero. Yep. I'll give you a C for the off season or C minus then, you know, like mm-hmm. met expe- met expectations. You know? Pass. <laughs> passing grade is a passing grade. <laughs> yep. Just bring me Walker. That's all I want. I mean, I yeah. it's gonna happen probably not, but just some just something. And you know what? And that's exactly, you know what race is the best. I just hope they start in time and allow fans in the parks. And that's what we hopefully hope, hope for. We talked about that a little earlier. So uh, thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for watching this evening. So if you're listening online, of course, you're listening on Spotify. Thanks. Or leave us a uh, five-star review on iTunes. If not, that's fine. Just leave us a review. Let us know what you think. We appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Brandon, I know this was a kind of new format. This is the first time we've ever all been yeah. on camera. That's and, fun. Yeah. We've yeah. all worked together in some capacity, and uh, but this yeah. is the first time we've yeah. ever actually. Uh, Sorry about my face, but you know this is the only one I got. So. Hey, look, we have faces for radio. That's cool. I mean, look, I mean, look at me, and my <laughs> my man. Yeah. yeah, here's my ponytail. If people are curious yeah. about the, the hair length at this point, pretty strong. Nice. Yeah, first time. My 43 years are well represented there. First time we oh, did yeah. this, uh, Hasty was giving me all sorts of grief for wearing like a knit cap. <laughs> I look like a, a hipster, and I'm like, well, this is the uh, this is the alternative. I, you know, I've got like a. Well, you are a hipster. I mean, if we start talking about music, that will become rapidly apparent. <laughs> well, only a very, very select genre. I don't know. Yeah, sure. you guys, I just, well, you're a father now. You know, that's what happens. Yeah. That's what happens to hipsters. So, <laughs> they <become bands>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, Brandon, I can go to shoe glaze haze, or I can talk about or the uh, the band. I can talk about Sloan or various obscure bands yeah. there's screaming females is another one that's a if anybody who's a Sloan Peterson <laughs> you write a pixie that's what's important Chris and I can tell Mike Patton stories there you go yes. <laughs> <laughs> by the way I want to thank John who's been leaving comments and he said he's going to yeah. check out our channel I agreed with his opinion on Soto you know Soto's got an arm you know yeah. I, I think he's got a lot of potential um, you know, he's fun to watch. He's a pitcher who you like to see on the mound. He's just he's got intensity. Um, hopefully we see a lot of him this year. He's got, he got the, the predator dreads. I hope he keeps the yeah. dreads, dude. Yeah. He looks he looks ferocious. You look badass, Dominican winner. He, he looks awesome. Yeah. Until then, we'll see you all next week.